Welcome to the Live Rad Learn podcast, where we are learning and growing through stories, a lot of them horse-related, but kind of like a good horse movie, anyone can enjoy it. This is your host, Sarah Higner, and when I am not hosting this podcast, I'm hosting the Author Shenanigans podcast. So if you love to read, hop on over there and enjoy some shenanigans. I also am a mom, a wife, and an author which is brand new and pretty exciting. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Okay, y'all, here we go. It's the episode I have been talking about for months, maybe, where I promised you I would read you one of my stories. And so I've really battled over which one to read, but I just thought this one has some real good dramatic effect. And I like to read dramatically. Like my kids get a full on performance when we read books from me, at least. So anyway, here we go. This story is titled Finding a Place. And it is the last story of the five short stories in the book. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. This is also my final read through that I'm doing on the podcast. um, So that like I'm doing a read through of each story out loud because you hear things differently when it's out loud. So you get to, you get to participate in my final read through with me. Here we go. Finding a place. As I stepped down from the truck onto the bluestone parking lot, my heart pounded like the staccato hoofbeats of a parade horse. I had left my friends, family, and college scholarships in Mississippi to move to Kentucky for this. It was the first day of my dream job. I had visions of coming to the training track as the sun rose every morning, keeping the energetic beast there fit and ready to race and then scooting off to business classes in my riding boots. The racehorse training facility had rows of matching, long, skinny barns lined up like a family-sized Kit Kat bar. I walked across the center of the first and second barns. The familiar scent of hay, manure, and horse feed greeted me but everything else felt like a whole new world. I tried not to gawk at the horses being led around the barn. Their bodies were fit and tucked up like greyhounds, and they walked with a predatorial grace. I took a deep breath, determined to be brave, smiled, and walked into barn three. I could do this. Hi, I'm looking for Craig, I said. Three people eyed me, including a woman dressed in gear for riding with leather-fringed half-chaps covering the lower half of her legs and a black helmet on her head sporting a little pom-pom on top. I had never seen gear accessorized like that, and it took some effort to keep from staring. The the other two were men wearing dirty white t-shirts with baggy jeans. No one spoke. (laughs) The two seconds of silence felt like two weeks, and I forced a grin, feigning confidence as the rider looked to her left. Following her line of sight led me to a short man who strode from behind the row of stalls, his tan hand outstretched in a Cheshire cat grin on his stubbled face. Hey, Sarah, I'm Craig, and this here is my main rider, Jessica. Welcome to the barn, he said. A smile shone from his eyes, and I finally released the breath I had been holding. He oozed mischief, but seemed genuinely friendly. Today, we're going to show you the ropes, and you can get started tomorrow. Sound good? Craig asked. Yeah, I squeaked out, annoyed that I didn't have more to say, and also astonished I was able to speak at all. The 
The thoroughbreds peered at me from their stalls while I tried not to stare like someone who had never seen a horse. They had hay nets bulging with at least a half bale of hay in their stalls and strange white wraps that looked like cloth scraps around their legs. While I studied my surroundings, Craig explained the roles at the barn. Him and Jessica were the exercise riders. Hot walkers walked the horses after a ride to cool them down. The grooms, the unsung heroes of the racetrack, were assigned three to four horses and did everything but ride and hot walk, it seemed. They cleaned the stalls, brushed and bathed the horses' coats so they shone like a new penny, tacked up the horses for riding, and took care of them after the ride. The stall door slid open on rollers, and a groom let out a horse, ready for his trip to the track. The tiny exercise saddle he wore was similar to my bulky barrel racing saddle, in the same way a Mini Cooper was like a minivan. They both did the same job, but felt worlds different. The slack from the excessively long reins hung below the bottom of the horse's muscled neck. I cocked an eyebrow, imagining my horse with his reins that felt almost too short sometimes. This would take some getting used to. The barn was designed with an aisle between the rows of stalls that looped all the way around the inside of the building, creating an oval. While still inside the barn, the rider was tossed up into the saddle with something called a leg up. Laughter nearly bubbled up inside of me as I thought of all the trainers who chided kids with the warning, Never ride inside the barn! It's too dangerous! If a horse bucks or spooks, you could hit your head! Yes, these barns were designed to be ridden in. The first rider, Jessica, rode around the oval while fixing her stirrup so they were the correct length for her legs. Craig's horse was led out, he got his leg up, and we were on our way to the training track. Too overwhelmed to have words, and with my eyes bulging from their sockets, I followed Craig and Jessica on foot as they rode their horses out of the barn and up the path to the track. You can stand right there and watch, Sarah, Craig yelled as the horse he rode on jogged away, and Craig tampered with the buckle on the side of his saddle. He adjusted the length of his stirrups while his horse trotted, a feat I had never seen done before. Normally, a rider fixes his stirrups before he mounts up. Until that day, I had thought I was daring because I would adjust the buckles while sitting on my well-behaved standing horse. Jessica had done it at a walk, and now here was Craig taking it even further. I shook my head and chuckled in awe. Riding in the barn, adjusting stirrups on a trotting horse? What other crazy things did these people do? Jessica looked at me like she wasn't sure if I belonged at their barn as she rode past. I wasn't completely sure if I did either just yet. I looked down at my boots in the clods of real racetrack dirt on them. It's okay. I'll find my way. I'll make a place for myself here. I tried to be of assistance in any way possible, but a racing farm is a machine, and I felt like a spare part. Craig instructed me, Craig instructed one of the grooms to let me lead a horse in the paddock behind the barn so he could stretch his legs and graze in the lush bluegrass. The horse was a bit more assertive than I was accustomed to. He did everything with gusto, walking, grazing, even simply moving his head. Several of my fellow horse-loving friends had told me racehorses were different. I could see what they meant. I swallowed my fear, reminding myself that I was a horsewoman. These were horses, and I knew what I was doing. Day two brought out a genuine smile to replace the mechanical one I'd pasted on the day before. Craig told me that in a few weeks he would teach me to exercise ride, but for now I would walk the horses after their workouts. He had me start with the same horse as the day before, and this time I confidently led the horse around the barn and then out into the field with the assurance of experience. I could do this, and I did. 
When he was done, a groom handed me another horse and eventually a third. Simple enough. I was getting the hang of it. With a nod, the groom put the lead shank for horse number three in my hand. Most of these horses didn't have names yet. Another thing that shocked me. Apparently, it's quite complicated to name a thoroughbred. The name must be completely unique from any other living thoroughbred, which is why they end up with such odd names. They often don't receive a name until their first race. For the sake of this story, horse number three will be known as Rogue. Craig asked me to walk the horse for a bit and then let him graze while he and Jessica rode the next set of horses. As I took the leather lead shank, the horse looked me up and down with his liquid brown eye, and I'm pretty sure I detected an eye roll. Watch this, he probably whispered to the horses in the stalls as we walked past. After a few laps in the barn, we walked out into the paddock. He was ready for some grass, and I was happy to oblige. The energy of these horses was overpowering and intimidating, but it was fine. I could do this. We walked out onto the grass, and Rogue turned into a living mower, taking chunks of grass down to the roots. After a few voracious bites, he tugged on the lead shank, demanding that we move to a new patch of grass a few steps away. I don't know about this dude. This is where we parked, and I'm the boss. I said this to him in my head as if a horse can speak English and read my mind. Horses are herd animals and naturally depend on hierarchy. There's always one boss, you or the horse. If I wanted to survive, I needed Rogue to see me as the boss here. Rogue gave me a look that said, hmm, I don't give a darn. We're moving to this grass three steps over. Then he tugged harder on the lead rope. Well, it's just three steps, and there is better grass there, I thought. We can move a bit, and I allowed the horse to walk the three steps over while I followed, holding the lead. Roe continued grazing, and after a few minutes, he pulled against the lead rope in my hands, trying to move again. Nope, we've moved enough, I thought. I'm the boss, and this is where you're grazing. Rogue paused his grazing, his nose hovered just above the grass, and his eye darkened as if to say, It's on. Then the athletic beast launched his front feet into the air over my head and stood on his back feet like the horse on the cover of my Black Beauty DVD. I had seen horses rear a little bit. They would get mad and throw a fit and their front feet would pop up off the ground a few inches like they were threatening something big. It never got bigger and I would chuckle. Now I couldn't muster a breath, much less a chuckle. Rogue had skipped the little peon threats and had rocketed into a rear like I had only ever seen on my TV. I felt like a little kid frozen in fear in a Mississippi firing at bed. My hands went all but limp and my jaw dropped. The only thing that moved was my neck so that my head could tilt back and see this savage dragon rearing nearly on top of me. And since I had no real-life experience with this exact behavior, I had absolutely no idea what to do about it. His front feet finally landed, thankfully not on me, and he started to pivot and turn his rear end toward me like he was going to kick me all the way back to Mississippi. Well, listen here, buddy. You're not the first horse to try that one, and I am not ready to go back home. This little spin-to-kick act was behavior I knew how to handle. I jerked on the lead shank, pulling his head to me so his hind end and back hooves couldn't point my direction. My victory was short-lived, as I found myself staring at his belly and front hooves again while he stood on his hind legs. This time, it looked like he was actually aiming for me with his front feet, and I couldn't believe that my dream would end before it ever began because of this jerk. What was I supposed to do? Behind the soon-to-be killer horse, movement caught my eye. 
Craig catapulted off his horse, threw the reins at an equally shocked Jessica, whose jaw was unhinged, and dove between the black boards of the wooden fence to come for us. He ducked under the savage beast's hoofs, grabbed a lead from me, and yanked on the lead shank multiple times. Rogue pulled his head back, shocked that someone would put him in his place. He quickly got his front feet back on the ground, tucked his tail, and backed up and up until Craig was sure the horse wouldn't kill anyone in the vicinity. Craig angrily strode into the barn with a cowed rogue and handed the horse off to his experienced groom. I shuffled along behind and wished I could be absorbed into the ground and disappear. I could hear all of my friends and trainers who had warned me about the dangers of racehorses whispering, I told you so. If I were Craig, I would seriously reconsider teaching me to gallop, I thought as my mind raced. Why would he teach a girl who can't handle these animals on the ground how to handle them from up top? My shoulders slumped under the weight of shame and frustration. It was definitely a different game out here, but I hadn't dreamed of this my entire life to let one rogue stop me. The next day, I trudged back into barn three, worrying the inside of my lip. Would I ever get to ride racehorses? Hey, Sarah, Craig said. Hey, I responded with forced happiness. Tomorrow when you come, bring your helmet and half chaps, he smiled and said. I've got a horse coming for you to learn to gallop on. The shame lifted and my smile was back. I could do this. That's it. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I have a few things to go back and fix now after reading it out loud. But thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. I am sending everything to my cover designer today. I'm sending all the final updates to my friend who is helping me format the book for Amazon today. And so hopefully in a week or two, it will be available for purchase. Shut up. I will, of course, let y'all know. And just because it's up on Amazon does not mean I'm going to be ready to click the button because I would really like a proof paperback in my hand before I make it available. I'm not sure if I'm patient enough, though, <laughs> because I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to have this out to the world. So thank you so much to everyone who has supported this, um, who has sent me the kindest words after reading one of my stories, who cheers me on. I so appreciate you and all of your words of encouragement. I'll, like It's what keeps me going. Thank you so much because it is, um, it's a special experience to put your artwork out into the world. And I'm my own biggest critic. So when people say kind things about how much they enjoy the stories, it really, it means a lot. So thank you so much and I'll keep y'all posted. Have a great day. That's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Live, Ride, Learn podcast with your host, Sarah Hickner. As always, if you loved it, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend who you think would also enjoy it. You know, whatever. Find me on Instagram at Live, Ride, Learn. I'd love to connect with you and you can DM me and share your thoughts. And um, that's it. Y'all have a great day. And don't forget, have grace for yourself grace for others, grace for the journey, because Jesus has grace for you.